Have you ever been stuck troubleshooting an equipment issue in the field? If only you had more information to solve that problem. Now you do, thanks to Watermark. Watermark, a leading manufacturer's representative devoted to giving you concise and informative tips about how you can solve that equipment issue quickly and definitively. Go to eWatermark.net to view their library of troubleshooting videos. That's E as an excellence, Watermark.net. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. I am Trace Blackmore, and I have the enormous privilege of being the host of this podcast. And I want to thank everybody out there who listens to this podcast and shares this podcast. Our numbers are going up, and I love watching how many people are downloading this podcast. It makes me feel good that in trying to make our industry better, that so many people out there agree that they want to be part of that. They want to help make the industry better. And by sharing the podcast and getting ideas on little things that we can do to make each and every day just a little bit better, that is making the industry better. So thank you for helping me do that. And thank you for doing that. That has just been phenomenal. I, I love it. Of course, when we were able to travel, people would come up to me and tell me they really enjoyed the show. They really got inspired by a particular show. And this is what they did different. Well, we're going to be able to see each other at events very shortly. I know uh, things are slowly coming back. We're, we're getting more information each and every day. So we'll probably have a new version of normal. But folks, I cannot wait to see you in person. And I cannot wait to hear what questions you have that you want me to ask on Scaling Up H2O or answer on Scaling Up H2O. Of course, if you want me to ask them to a particular expert, please let me know who you think would be great on this show. And it will be my privilege to get them on Scaling Up H2O so we can all get a little bit smarter about that topic. Well, the topic that I want to talk about today is something that has become a tool that maybe some of us used to use a little bit, but now we are using it a lot. And that is the video conference. So many different tools out there for video conferencing. The one that I like to use is Zoom. I've been using Zoom for a while and I found that Zoom has been one of the easiest platforms for me to use, not only as a moderator, or a host, the person that is orchestrating the Zoom calls, but also as a participant. Some other services are just really difficult. People have to go uh, set their settings, log out, log back in. There's differences between if you have a Mac, if you have a PC. And folks, I just haven't had that issue with using Zoom. Well, you might have heard that uh, over the, the stay-at-home orders during the pandemic, I did several webinar series on some things that I thought could help us over that time. You could go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash webinar and see all the work that we put together there. 
And that all came from uh, a lot of people from our mastermind group, of course, the Rising Tide Mastermind group of people that we get together on a regular basis. And we asked each other, hey, during this really weird time, what's some information that we need so we can help each other and we can do more instead of just worrying about all the things that we couldn't do? So I started getting different guests lined up. We did webinars, and you can see all of those at scalinguph2o.com forward slash webinar. Now, one of the webinars that I did was on Zoom call etiquette or video call etiquette. And it was funny. I was trying to find an expert, and uh, there are lots of people that do video calls, but I couldn't find anybody to do an expert. And I think I'm stealing my intro from the actual webinar itself. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play you that webinar. And it's my hope that after you get some of those tips, you can apply them to your next video conference to make it that much more productive. So please welcome our guest, me. My name is Trace Blackmore, and I will be your host today for this webinar. And this webinar is about virtual meetings. And virtual meetings is something that uh, several of the Mastermind members asked for me to find an expert on. And folks, I'm going to tell you, there's lots of people out there that do virtual meetings, but outside of the platform videos themselves... I had a hard time finding somebody who was coming out and saying that they were experts on virtual meetings. So I thought over the last few years, I've been doing a lot of virtual meetings. I think we've all been doing a lot of virtual meetings lately. Uh, and I think that's one of the great things that has come out of all these stay-at-home orders is that we've learned how we can be very productive at home and how we can still get that nonverbal communication with each other, even when we're not in the same room. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you some of the tips that I use when I use virtual meetings. And they've really helped me connect with people on the other end of the video camera. And I hope that they will help you. Now, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Trace Blackmore. I host a podcast called Scaling Up H2O, and I also host a mastermind group called the Rising Tide Mastermind. We meet weekly on virtual calls. Specifically, we use Zoom, and uh, we do that, and it's, uh, it's just like we are in a room together. Well, it's as close as we can get, but we are all over the country. We have all corners of the United States covered, and we get together on a weekly basis in the same virtual meeting. So some tips and things that I have learned from hosting those meetings. The first thing that I think is very important is you find a room that is comfortable for you. So are you going to be able to get your work done in this room? Do you feel good about having a video conference in this room? Just quite frankly, is it comfortable for you? Then is it private enough where you're not going to get a lot of interruptions? 
Are you going to have good lighting in this room? Is your Wi-Fi signal strong in this room? Think of all the things that you are going to need to be able to do, and is this the best room for it? So a lot of people just start having a video call. Many don't think about what room should they be having it in, and I think that should be the first thing that you think about. Also, we're doing all these calls from home. Let your family members know for the next half hour, for the next hour, you're gonna be on a video call. And anything that they need, maybe you prepare an hour or so before and make sure they have everything so they don't need you within that hour. And uh, I think a lot of people forget to tell their family members that they are on a call. And then they get embarrassed when they get photo bombed, or maybe that's called video bombing in this format, when a family member walks into the frame of view. Well, normally it's because they didn't know. So just take a few moments and let them know you're going to be on the call. Ask them not to interrupt you. And I realize sometimes with small kids that just doesn't happen. Uh, but what are the things that you can do to minimize some of those interruptions? And if you just can't, you know, you got you to gotta roll with it. And sometimes you have video calls with kids in your arms. So uh, that just happens, but I know that can be distracting. So if there's another option for that, normally the other participants would appreciate that. Uh, also, ask people in the house to try to keep background noise to a minimum. Again, with kids, I realize that this is uh, probably not going to happen, but at least you attempted to do so. I like to use Zoom. Uh, we used Microsoft Teams before, and we've also used some other services, GoToWebinar. Personally, I have found that Zoom has been one of the most user-friendly, not only for the host, but also for people logging on. It's just a simple one-click. It takes you to all the software downloads. So we've been using Zoom exclusively for about a year now. Before that, we were using Microsoft Teams and a little bit of Zoom. And before that, I think we were using GoToWebinar. So find the platform that works best for you. Uh, we have found that Zoom seems to work best for us and the participants on the other side. It just makes things a little bit easier. Uh, and they've got some great videos with that. Well, with Zoom, and I know with some other services as well, but I'm speaking specifically with Zoom, they have a phone platform and they have a computer platform. I'm going to recommend whenever possible, use your computer. The phone, it, it can work great, but you have very limited features on the phone. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the different views that you have within a video webinar, specifically Zoom, but you are limited to, I think, four or six people at one time on a screen when you are using the phone platform. You can't see everybody. And that's the best thing about virtual meetings is you can see everybody in the room. Uh, the other thing is you just have more real estate. You have more features. You have more real estate. You have more room to actually see people's facial expressions. So when you use the computer, you just get so much more than on the little phone screen. So, so try to use your computer. We talked about picking out the room, but it's also important to make sure you have good lighting. So is the room you, that you chose, is that going to give you some good lighting? 
Another tip is don't sit in front of a window. Your webcam is going to try to balance the light. And if you have a high light source like a window behind you, it's going to put you in shadow. So preferably you want your light in front of you. And if you don't have good lights, uh, you good luck finding them right now because everybody's buying video cameras and uh, web equipment with, with the pandemic going on. But you can do uh, front light video camera lights. Uh, you can get them from Amazon. I think they were all out of stock. I was trying to do a vanity link so you guys can see some of the ones that we use. But there's nothing in stock right now. But you can actually put a light right around your video camera so that way you are getting the best light. Again, all the nonverbal cues that we get from communication when we can see somebody, we're able to do that through web conferences. And if we don't have good lighting, we can't see those cues. So remember, make sure you have good lighting. And people are checking out all your stuff. Hey, what, uh, what's going on in his office? What does he have behind him? You can see behind me, I've got some Marty McFly and Doc Brown characters and a DeLorean. And you're probably wondering what the heck's going on. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. But the point is, is what are people seeing behind your actual face? So what is in the background? And the freer of clutter it is, I guess that would be the more free of clutter it is, the less distracting that it can be. Also, take a moment and make sure that everything you have in the background is business appropriate. I'm not going to go too much into this, but I will tell you I've been on a conference call where there was some things that were not business appropriate in the background, and I guarantee you that was very distracting. So what does the background look like? And is it saying what you want it to say about you? And then be prepared. My hope with my type A personality, I hope that the host has sent out an agenda. We're going to talk a little bit about the host responsibilities in a moment. But if a host has sent out an agenda, and they should, make sure you read it. Make sure you prepare for it. Are there certain things that you're going to need to have access to during that call? Go ahead and make sure you have those things open so you don't have to fumble around for them. Are you going to need to share your screen? If you're going to need to share your screen, you should probably make sure that you've got all of those windows open and ready to go so you can just simply toggle back and forth. But just be prepared and anything you think you're going to need on the meeting or anything you're going to need to prepare. And folks, this means taking care of all the human functions. So, you know, if you're hungry, eat before the meeting. If you're thirsty, get something to drink and have that on standby. Uh, By all means, uh, you should use the restroom before the meeting. So all those things to prepare yourself for that meeting, I think, is good advice. And I can't tell you how many calls that I've been on where somebody was late because they said, oh, I I had to install the software or there was this issue. Well, folks, normally you don't get a meeting for 3 o'clock at 2.59. 
So take some time and do a dry run. Try to figure out how to use the software, go through the features, make sure your Wi-Fi signal is good, uh, test the room out that you chose, all the things we've done up to this point, go ahead and do them on a practice run. Zoom especially has some great tools where you can see what you look like in your camera. You can adjust your microphone, you can do some tests. So go ahead and run those and see what your background looks like in that frame. Do all of those things and now you are ready for the meeting. We mentioned before, if you might have to share your screen, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to toggle back and forth from sharing your screen to not sharing your screen? Do you know how to use the chat functions? Do you know how to raise your hand? If something happens and you have to turn your video off for whatever reason, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to get that back on? Do you know how to mute yourself? Do you know how to unmute yourself? Do you know how to talk privately with somebody? All these things go ahead and practice before the actual call and it will make the call go so much better. For those of you that are listening on the webinar, you are, for those of you that are watching on the webinar, you can see that I just put a picture of a guy that is business casual on the top and in his underwear on the bottom. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, you can't see that. But the point I want to make here is that you want to dress the part when you are on the video conference. That's the whole point of having a video conference is so people can see you. Folks, if you are in the, the slummiest clothes that you have, some people can take that as a lack of respect. And you might not be thinking about that, it that way, but why have somebody else have that in their mind about you? And just make sure that you dress professional. It does show respect. Also, I think when you get into your work clothes rather than pajamas, say, especially when you're working at home, it tricks your brain to make sure you know what you're doing. You are at work and you're in your work attire and you've got your work mindset. Now, if you're this guy and you're just dressing from the top up, just be very conscious that you do not stand up during the video call. Now, during my video calls when I host and they're longer, I normally have people switch positions, stand up, sit down, move rooms, just to try to keep it fresh, um, this guy is going to have a problem with that if we did that. So um, just keep in mind uh, and keep it professional. I mentioned earlier, try not to use your phones if you have a choice to use a larger uh, format like a computer. But if you are using your phones, please turn your notifications off. In fact, if you have an iPhone, there's a do not disturb mode. There's an equivalent on the Android sometimes you'll actually lose the video conference with certain notifications. Uh, there's a service that I use, and if somebody is uh, on it with me, uh, it's not Zoom, it's something we use for the podcast, it will actually disconnect them if they get a phone call. And it says in the instructions that I send out to please put your phone on Do Not Disturb, and I can't tell you how many times that people have not done that. Notifications are distracting. Now, folks, I know we're all having issues getting used to working from home. Some have been doing it for a long time. Some have not had a choice uh, where they've uh, either had to go into office or had to work from home. And others are doing it for the first time. With that, 
try to keep your mindset on the task at hand and notifications do the exact opposite. So if you're having a notification come up every time you get a text, every time you get a every time you get an email, all that stuff, it is taking your mindset away from the task you should be focusing on. On your computer, uh, I use Outlook. And the first thing I do when I set up Outlook is I turn off the notification every time I get an email. There's a little window that comes up. And on that window, it has a few lines of the email. And you can't help but look at that. And I promise you, your mind will go away from the task that you're thinking about and it will focus on that email. Folks, don't do that to yourself. Keep your mind where it should be and then schedule times that you're going to look at your email. Schedule times that you're going to look at texts. And I got to tell you, when I'm in a meeting and somebody's constantly on their phone or now they're looking at their iWatch, uh, I know that they are not paying attention to me. And I look at that as, as they're not giving me the respect that I'm trying to give them. It all starts with notifications and it all starts with keeping a schedule. So if you can keep a schedule that you're going to check these things every so often, you don't need these notifications. But especially when you're in a meeting, be present in the meeting and you're going to be distracted if you have those notifications on. So please turn those off. When you're not the one speaking, mute yourself. When you are on a conference call and you start hearing all this wind noise or maybe kids in the background or something else, that's distracting. So a good webinar, a good video etiquette is to mute yourself when you're not the one speaking. Now, you might not think there's any background noise, but maybe there is and you just can't hear it. Now, as far as the host goes, a good habit to get into, and uh, if you open up the participant screen on Zoom, you can manage all the participants very easily. You can also do that by hovering over each participant's screen, uh, their video image, and you can do some management techniques there as well. One of the things is you can mute people. There is a red button, so to speak, at the very bottom uh, if you open up participants and it says mute all. So let's say there's this, you're having a, a meeting and there's this horrible background. What you can do is you can quickly mute all and then turn on the person that is speaking. So um, that's a little tip that I've used in the past. Uh, now, for the people that are muted, you got to remember to unmute yourself. A lot of people will start talking and there'll be three minutes in before they realize that nobody is listening to them. Normally, somebody will say, hey, I can see your lips moving, but you're on mute. Now, the, the host can unmute and mute people, but only participants can mute and unmute themselves. You might also want to be familiar with gestures, and you can use them virtually or you can use them yourself. So maybe you might raise your hand. Uh, the host should tell you what cues to give if you have a comment or a question. But there are also virtual ways to do that, and you can actually raise your hand virtually. So good tip, mute yourself when you're not talking. I think this goes without saying, but I can't tell you how many video calls that I've been on and people don't use their videos. Folks, it's called a video call. Use your video. 
use your webcam. So take advantage of the video feature and use that. We talked about how to get good lighting. We talked about how to test all that. We talked about the background. There's no reason not to use the video feature. And at least the third time I've said it on this webinar, when we communicate 60% or more are nonverbal cues. Now, being face-to-face -face is always the best way to communicate, but definitely having a video component is the second best. Folks, make sure your cameras are on. And when your camera is on, look into the camera. So I've been trying my best to look directly into the camera during this webinar, but I gotta tell you, it's difficult because my screen and my notes are all below the camera. So if I were to actually to look at my notes, you can tell that I have my eyes off of the camera. Now that's fine if you're not speaking directly to the audience. When you're speaking directly to the audience, my advice to you is that you are going to look directly at the camera. And then when you're not speaking, you can look at the screen at the person that is doing the talking. Uh, that way you can see their verbal cues. Now, if you need to read your notes like I'm doing right now, you are perfectly welcome to do so. But I can tell you from webinars that I've attended and also ones that I've done that people have given me criticism on and feedback is probably a better way to say that. Uh, they said that they really appreciate when I was looking directly at them, that they've been on other webinars that people have not always done that. So just keep in mind, look at the camera, you're going to connect with people better. Now, as you're connecting with people, what is your body language saying about you? So are you reacting in a way when somebody is bringing up a particular topic or a solution that just makes it look like you don't care about what they're saying or it's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Keep in mind, the conference calls, they're a great thing to have, but the, the two things that I'd like to point out is when we're in a conference room, if I want to look at somebody across the conference room, I can just see that one person's reaction. But on this video conference, I'm looking at everybody's reaction the entire meeting. So how we're holding our face, how we're making um, gestures when people are talking, that is nonverbal communication. And it might be communicating something that you mean to say. It might be communicating something that you don't wish to say. Just keep in mind that people are watching and what, is, uh, what are your nonverbal cues saying about you? Zoom specifically, and I know the other services do as well, they have different view modes. And the mode that I recommend is called gallery view. The other one is called speaker or spotlight view. And the difference is gallery view is like the Brady Bunch. If you remember how the Brady Bunch opened up and they had nine screens and you could see everybody there, well, that's, I think, the best part, the best way to have a video conference. You have everybody right in front of you. You can see the nonverbal cues. You can see if somebody has something to say. You can see if somebody raises their hand. You can see all of these things, and it really makes video conferencing very efficient. 
Now, if you have it on spotlight or speaker view, you'll have very small screens of the people that are on the conference call. And then you'll have a slightly larger screen of the person that is speaking. My advice is that you go ahead and use gallery view because now you can see what all your cohorts are doing in their screen. And, you know, maybe you notice that Cindy has uh, something to say or because of her facial expression, you know, she's not saying something, but you know as the host that you need to call on her because it looks like she has something to say. Gallery view is something that I highly recommend. It's the best way to do that. For those of you that are using Zoom, it's going to be in the top right-hand corner and you can toggle back and forth. For those of you that are using the phone app, you wanna go ahead and I think swipe to get the different views. By the way, speaking of the phone, if you have the phone straight up and down, you're gonna have a long skinny picture. If you do the phone sideways, you are going to have a wide picture, and it's gonna look more like the people that are on their computers. So another tip is to go ahead and do, if you have to do, use your phone during a web conference. Again, I highly recommend using your computer, but sometimes you don't have any options. If you're using your phone, use it sideways because it gives you a lot better profile picture and it makes you match with everybody else. Now, one of the coolest things that we can do in video conferencing is we can share our screens. Now, Zoom, everybody has the ability to share their screens. On some of the other services, that's not true. And then on some of the other services, the the a host has to grant those rights. With Zoom, you just get it from logging on. That can be a blessing and a curse, depending on who is on the conference call. I do a, a web call with 13-year-old boys in my church group twice a week, and sometimes sharing screens uh, distracts us a little bit, but it, it's all about having fun. We always have fun, but just just keep in mind The host has to know how to control that. And there are controls for that. You can have people stop sharing their screen by being the host. Again, uh, Zoom's got some great videos on that. So if you go to the Zoom website and they have basic features, they have advanced features, you can learn how to use all of those. Now, the feature I wanna show you right now is sharing the screen. And I'm sure most people have done that, but a couple things I wanna point out. One, when you know you're going to share your screen, have every other application in your background closed that you are not going to need. A friend of mine was sharing his screen and he accidentally shared the wrong screen and it was financial information about his company. Now, it wasn't a huge deal, but maybe that could have been, maybe he could have been a CPA and it was financial information about somebody else's company. That could have been a huge deal and a, a, a deal breaker as far as you know how he's supposed to keep his customer information confidential. So that wasn't the case, but I just use that as an example. If you don't have it open and you shouldn't have it open, your focus should be on the webinar itself. So you don't need to have that open, but if you don't have it open, you're not gonna show it by accident. The other thing I wanna point out is you can share your entire screen. 
And then you can use your screen as a palette where you just add things to the screen. Now I have multiple screens here in, uh, in my office. So I need to choose the correct screen. Now, whatever goes into that screen is going to be shared. But another thing you can do is you can share the application. So here I've got a PowerPoint video that's running. What you can do is you can simply just say, I just want the PowerPoint view presentation up. And regardless of what else is on the screen, it's only gonna show that application. So I recommend you always choose that for the same reason that I just shared about the person with the financial information. Now there's also a whiteboard feature. So you can draw on the screen and sometimes that's really good. If you have a, a spreadsheet up, you can draw people's attention to a certain area. So you've got a lot of tools here. If you are sharing video, and a lot, I always like to open up meetings with a funny YouTube video or something just to break the ice and get people you know, in a good mood. If you're gonna do that and it has video and it has audio, you have to put share computer sound. There's a check mark at the very bottom. You have to check that. It's also a good idea to optimize for full screen video clip. That just does a couple of things in the background to make others see the video that you are sharing just better. And then of course, after you choose those, you click share and you should be good to go. Now you're gonna have a little screen that's gonna tell you that you are sharing and it's gonna be in green. And then right beside that in red, if you're using Zoom, it says stop share. Now I recommend as soon as you are done using the share, so you, we're looking at an Excel spreadsheet and now we're done looking at it immediately in the share because now we get larger pictures where we can see each other. Now what happens, what Zoom does is it puts everybody over on the right-hand side of the screen, we can still see each other, but we're very small. Now you can drag your screen over that right-hand side border. It will, you can drag that over and it will allow the pictures to get a little bit bigger. And will also, I think sometimes bring people into the screen that weren't there if you're having a large meeting. So you can play with that as well. Try to think of a quote that would be a good bottom line with any meeting. And here's what I came up with. If you wouldn't do it in the conference room, you shouldn't do it in a video room. Folks, this is about being prepared. It's about respect. It's about all these things. If you would not go and eat a plate of spaghetti during a conference in the fanciest conference room that your office has to offer, folks, don't do that on a video call. I don't think people care about drinking and a lot of things like that. And I just realized I'm stealing a, another slide down the road. But um, having a huge plate of meatballs and spaghetti is probably not something that you would do unless it was a lunch meeting in the conference room. So just use that. If you wouldn't wear a, um, a ripped up Motley Crue t-shirt to the conference room, you probably shouldn't do that in the video room. So just uh, take that for what it is worth. I will say this is more for hosts than anybody else, but this is something that I have really come to realize, and I've hosted a lot of meetings, especially over the stay-at-home orders where I was supposed to be in places, 
and help facilitate meetings. And these meetings were eight plus hours that I was supposed to facilitate. Well, of course, when we're in person, we can have breaks, we can do all these things, we can do different activities. There's no reason that we can't do that on video calls. But the thing that I want to point out most of all is that video conferences are super concentrated. We are staring at not just one person when we look at somebody like across the conference table. We are looking at everybody for the entire call, especially when we're in that gallery view that I recommended. So I want you to think of video conferences to be measured in dog ears. They are super concentrated. So if you're going to do an eight-hour call, you, you probably want to consider reducing the time and make sure you have a lot of breaks. I try not to go over 45 to 55 minutes without a stretch break. It's just a, a really, really good habit as a host to get into to give lots of breaks because if people are getting uncomfortable, they're not paying attention, they're not being their best. And uh, we, can, we can definitely make more out of the meetings when we feel better, when we're more comfortable. So remember, conference calls are definitely more concentrated than regular in-person calls. Now, I talked a lot about the host, and I, I've seen some very good hosts, and I've seen some hosts that all they did was send out an invitation. Folks, being a host, it's a responsibility. You have to know all of the tools that are within the software better than anybody else. Because guess what? You are the host. You are the person that's going to have to help them through some things. Now, if you've got somebody that is sharing a lot of information, you might even want to call them uh, before and get on a practice call to help share the tools with them so they can uh, effortlessly share their screen, do things like that. That's, that's something the host should do. The host should be putting out an agenda. Make sure the people that are attending are people that are prepared. They know what they're going to need to review before the meeting so they can come in primed and ready to go with great information. And uh, for those of you that get an agenda, please review the agenda and make sure you are ready to go because the host did spend some time on that. Now, the host or the moderator, that's what you need to do. You need to moderate. Your job is to definitely be in that gallery view. You are looking at everybody's facial expressions and you're making sure that everybody's being heard. You know, we haven't heard from Jan the entire call. I'm probably going to talk with her. I'm, I'm going to say, Jan, uh, you know, we haven't heard from you. Do you have anything that you want to say? Don't be embarrassed about calling people out. And folks, don't be embarrassed about talking on video calls. There's a reason that you are on this video call. We need to hear your opinion. Well, the host, the moderator can definitely help with that. We talked about some different features earlier in the call. The host job is to manage the participants. All of a sudden, if there's a bunch of background noise, you need to look, hopefully that screen is highlighted and you can see where the background noise is coming from. You need to mute that person. Uh, a lot of times people say, you know, Sally, can you mute your screen? Well, the host can do that uh, probably even quicker. And then maybe the host could even send a private chat to the person and saying, hey, Sally, you had some background noise in your screen. I muted you. 
remember if you need to say something, go ahead and unmute yourself and then immediately put yourself back on mute. So just keep that stuff in mind. Something I've experienced a couple times, especially with wired um, earbuds, is that sometimes those wires get frayed. And even though the person wearing the earbuds cannot hear the noise, it's actually putting a hum into everybody's speaker. So uh, if, if you've noticed that, people have said that there's background noise, that might be the issue, and maybe you need a new pair of those. So um, also for the host, knowing how to use all the features, knowing how to help people understand that technology, maybe doing some practice with them, but always ask for feedback. What would make this meeting better? And a, a technique that I like to use is called plus and delta. What do you like? What's the pluses about this meeting? When we do the meeting again, we do a like meeting like this. What do you want to make sure that we don't leave out? And then the delta, what do you want to change? What would make this meeting even better next time? Uh, you can ask people. Uh, sometimes, depending on the group, they're very apt to tell you what they think. Some people are a little shy with that. You might want to uh, send out a survey. Uh, I think if you're a host and you're really trying to get better at this, you should call people. And now it's just one-to-one, -one, or better yet, do a video conference. And now it's just you and me, and I'm going to ask you what you liked about it. I'm going to ask you what you think we should change about it. And I want to get some great information that way. And that's going to make me a better host. That's going to make our calls better. And that's going to make the meetings so much better. Don't be afraid to tackle big issues on a video conference. It might be awkward. It might seem that we need to wait until we're face-to-face. -face. Well, folks, in the situation that we've been in with the pandemic, we can't get face-to-face. -face. So this is how we're doing business. So whatever the issue is, this is the meeting that we're dealing with. It. So the, we have the appropriate people there. It's important for us to use those people, present the case, and then figure out how we are going to do that. So... Virtual meetings are for tough issues too. I mentioned this a little bit, but eating, I don't think people appreciate unless, you know, a lot of people say, hey, I haven't had time to have lunch. Do you mind if I eat? And I, I don't think anybody cares. But if all of a sudden this, I don't know why I'm hooked on spaghetti today, but if all of a sudden this huge plate of spaghetti and meatballs comes out and nobody's expecting it, that's very distracting, especially when the meatball rolls off your plate and into your background. Um, I, I just, I don't think it's best meeting practices. Now, I will tell you, I've had plenty of meetings where uh, people have said, you know, this is the only time I have to eat lunch. I've got a call after that. Nobody cares. You've made people aware of that. Or we say, you know what, we're going to eat lunch together during this meeting. And now we're, we're all doing that. So just keep that in mind. Um, if, if it's something distracting, if it's something that you wouldn't do in a regular conference room, just try not to do that on the video conference as well. Also, stay focused. We talked about turning off notifications. Well, now we're also going to talk about staying on the task at hand. So if I'm on a video conference, I need to have my mind in the video conference. I need to pay attention to what everybody's saying. I'm looking at those nonverbal cues and I'm being my best in this video conference. And folks, if we're all doing that, what a great meeting we're gonna have. 
if we are working on something else in the background, and I know for a fact you have been on a call where somebody is watching television in the background, they are not present. They are not helping the team. So uh, stay on the task on hand. And the other thing I'm going to mention, especially if you're using Zoom and the host is on participant view, you can see if Zoom is the most forward program that that person is using. Meaning, if uh, Zoom is open and there's and and it's in the foreground and it's it actually notifies the host that that person's paying attention. However, if I go over to a Word document and that's what I'm working on, that's in the foreground, even though I can still see the video conference, there's a little icon, it's a little clock that goes next to that person's name. I can tell as the host that that person doesn't have me in the foreground. A lot of people don't know about that, so I just wanna, wanna let you know about that. Folks, please, 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 don't do private things while you're on a video call. A couple of weeks ago, a viral Zoom video went out where I guess, you know, we had a bunch of people that were getting together for a video call. And one lady put her phone down on the sink and, and started going to the bathroom. And everybody saw it. And of course, if, you're, if you've seen that, you see how surprised everybody is. Folks, do that stuff before and after the call. And if you're a host and you're doing a long meeting, folks, you gotta build breakout time into the meeting. So we need to, I like to say every 45 minutes to 55 minutes, have at least a five minute break. When I do breaks, I say, you know, during this break, you gotta do five jumping jacks or you gotta go get uh, a new beverage or you've gotta go outside for at least one minute or something. Or you come back, you're in a different position. Host, we got to make sure that people are, are able to do the things they need to do so they can stay attentive. And definitely, we got to give them time to use the bathroom. Bottom line, do not use the bathroom while you have an active video call. Just don't do it. If you've ever been on a call and say we've got 12 people on the call and only three are doing all the talking and then we get off the call, there's probably nine people that could have been more productive doing something else. So as the host... Only invite the people that need to be on the call. Don't invite everybody on your team if only a couple people on the team need to talk about and make a decision. People will appreciate that. And let's face it, if you're a supervisor, you're wasting their time and you're wasting your time getting other things done through your team. Free them up to be more efficient on working on what they need to do. You know, um, a, a tip that I think is so important, especially where so many of us are working from home these days, is supervisors must connect with their people. If people feel that they are now working as an island and they don't feel connected, they're not going to be motivated. So having team calls is great, but the host needs to make sure that everybody stays engaged. Something that I'm a huge fan of is a daily huddle. Tim Fulton taught that to me. Tim Fulton is my business coach, and he has people uh, on teams get together for no more than five minutes every morning, and they do three things. What did they do yesterday? What are they doing today? And what do they need help with? 
Now, if they need help with something, you're going to connect them with people that can help them, but you're going to do that offline. So everybody goes through, you know what the entire team is working on, and then you are able to make sure that you have a very connected and productive team. I believe it was last year, maybe two years ago, there was a BBC journalist and he was on an interview and his four-year-old son kept photobombing him or video bombing him and he was mortified. He was trying to ignore him for the longest time and then finally he had to deal with it and, uh, and it became a viral video. Folks, um, we're never going to have the perfect video call. So if your kids do appear in the background, I think now more than ever, everybody is very patient with that. Now, if you didn't tell them, because uh, as we said in the very beginning, when you have a video call, let everybody in the house know that you're going to be on a video call so they can respect that time. That might have been your fault. But if you did all those things, sometimes kids just do what they're going to do. That's what kids do. Um, you know, don't get mortified. I think people understand that. And then I can't tell you how many meetings that I've been on where private conversations break out. And again, two people are talking about something that the other nine aren't able to relate to. Folks, take that stuff offline. And especially if you have to discipline somebody, don't do that on the video call. Do that in private. It was uh, Vince Lombardi that says, you praise in public, you criticize in private. So just make sure if anything comes out of a meeting that is not for everybody, be very respectful of the other people's time and take that offline. Set up another video conference with that one person. The host should always be the last one to leave the video conference. Uh, it's, it's just good etiquette, I think. Uh, plus, you want to make sure that uh, you're keeping the team on task. Now, as the host, when I exit, I can either exit, I can close everybody out or just myself. I recommend that unless two people need to have a private meeting, that's not you, uh, that you stay on until that call is over. Uh, and then you are the one that ends it for everybody. And there are also uh, some different features that the host can use. Uh, there's some advanced features like breakout rooms. So uh, while we're in the conference, let's say we've got nine people plus the host. So we can set up breakout rooms of three people. And now all of a sudden we have three separate rooms. We take an issue and now we have three separate opinions that groups have worked on. And the host can actually move from room to room they can send content to the rooms. They can send reminders. There's a timer on the room. So lots of cool features with that. So if you have a very large meeting and you want to make sure that you get some breakout time with people, you can use breakout rooms and you can have the computer randomly select who you want or you can put certain people in breakout rooms. So something else that uh, the host needs to know how to do. I'm not sure if other services do that, but I, I know Zoom does. And the last thing I, I want to mention are the differences between webinars and meetings. So meetings are what we've been talking about today. Pretty much everybody has the same privileges. The host has a few more because they can manage the people in the room. Uh, by the way, the host can also make other people uh, co-hosts. And that is a good thing to do. If you're trying to help manage a lot of people, 
Uh, it gives somebody else, uh, maybe maybe say, hey, can you make sure people are muted and unmuted? We don't have any background noise. And now somebody's in charge of that. You can make them a co-host uh, and then they can do that. If you have to get off the call, you can make somebody else a host. So um, everybody can share their screen. Everybody can be visible. Everybody can mute and unmute themselves. Everybody can turn on and off their video. By the way, the only person that can turn on and off their video is the participant. The host can never, can never do that. They can request it, but they can't turn it on. All that is with Zoom meetings. Webinars are when there is a host and there is a panelist. And the panelist is typically the, the, the guest that's coming in speaking. And those are the only people that are shown on the screen. Now, we may have 300 people that are joining as participants. They can't speak, and we cannot see their video. Now, they normally can chat, and they can ask questions. And they, of course, can see the participant and the host. So that's the big difference with the webinar. If you're managing super big uh, crowds of people that are watching an expert, that's probably the best way to go with that. Uh, there's some workarounds where you can do with the Zoom meeting. Uh, and by the way, meetings, I think you can see up to 49 people on a meeting. I'm not sure if you can have more people and only see 49. So that's something that you might need to check out. I think most of our teams are a little bit smaller than that. If you're doing something larger than that, you might want to consider a webinar, especially if it's just relaying information to people. I think we can boil this down into three captions. How do I make sure that this is the best video conference that I can have? Well, number one, I, ne I need to be prepared. I need to have everything that I need to have. I need to review everything. I need to be in the right mindset. I need to be familiar with the software. I need to be prepared. I need to be respectful. Being respectful with people means that I want them to be respectful of me, and I'm going to show them respect so I can get that respect. And we talked about making sure we're dressing the part, making sure we've prepared for the meeting, make sure we've done all of these things for good meeting etiquette that shows that I'm being respectful. And then, of course, being professional. So we're all professionals at our job. We need to make sure that we chime in. We're showing good meeting etiquette. We're letting people talk. We're asking people for their opinion. Uh, we're well prepared with our answers. We know what the call is going to be about because we've read the agenda and we've prepared for the agenda. And now the only new information we have is the information that we're getting on the webinar. So if we're prepared, if we're professional and we're respectful, I think you're going to have one of the best video conferences that you've ever had. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. And I hope you share this with somebody. Uh, I think we all are learning more and more every day about how to have a great video conference. And I hope this has helped you to get a little bit closer to making your next video call just a little bit better. Thanks. Well, this is normally the part where I come in and I say, uh, Trace, thanks so much for coming on Scaling Up. Uh, great guest. Um, I think I was a great guest. Folks, I talked about that because that was a topic that somebody reached out to me 
and they were asking me for tips and tricks on a Zoom call or on a video call. So that being said, uh, not necessarily water treatment, but I know all water treaters are using that tool. So I need to know what you want to hear on Scaling Up H2O. Without you, I will not know the topics that I need to talk about to keep everybody out there in the Scaling Up Nation interested. So if you go to scalinguph2o.com and you can go to our show ideas page and you can just let us know exactly what your idea is, who you want me to interview, pretty much anything you want me to do on the show. If it is relevant and it gets us all to where we are trying to go, elevating the water treatment industry, I will definitely try to get that on. And many of you have already taken advantage of this. But you can also click on the right-hand side of our webpage, and you can record your own voice asking your very own question. With that, I will play it on the air, and we will get your questions answered. Folks, thanks again for listening to the show. Thanks for being part of the Scaling Up Nation. And I can't wait to bring you another exciting episode of Scaling Up H2O next week. Have a great week, folks. Nation, there's no doubt about it. It is lonely out there, but it doesn't have to be. There are groups that exist to help us help each other get to where we need to go faster than we can on our own. One of those groups is the Rising Tide Mastermind. The Rising Tide Mastermind is a group where we come together each and every week to make sure we're holding each other accountable to make it to the next level. We also read books together, we attend a live event together, and members enjoy quarterly one-to-ones with me. To find out if the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to learn more.